the honest truth. But please feel free to ask me questions. I remember that we used to do this, and I don't know where we just went to. We just preach, 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 pray, and we go home. But as if what is going through, if, if, if you have a question to ask, please feel free. Amen. We'll read from the book of Job, chapter 1, quickly from verse 6 to 12. Book of Job, chapter 1, from verse 6 to 12. Now, kind of read quickly. And please, as I said, if you have a question, don't wait to the end. You can ask. Um, from verse 6, the word of God says, Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. I'm reading from the ESV translation. He said, The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a, blame, a, blameless, a, blameless, I mean, a blameless and upright man, who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Satan went out from the presence. And I look at the story so much and I say, wow. That one thing that the Holy Spirit ministered to me straight away was that why do children, why do children of God fret? Why do we worry? Why are we so concerned on little, little things? Why do we think it is the enemy that has done this thing? Why do we think, ah, the enemy will name you? But here, what God is saying is that he says no weapon. We read, sometimes we quote it, no weapon formed or fashioned against us in Isaiah 54, verse 19, 17, shall prosper, you know, listen. And we look at it. But why do we still worry in our hearts, in our minds somehow? It's because we lack an understanding. Because the understanding we lack here that if you look at Job, Satan could not touch Job unless he took permission from God. Are we there? And we are created in God's own image. We are created in his own likeness. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus, his only son, to die for us. Just to tell you how much he loves us. Just to reconcile us back to him that he took him, killing more or less Jesus is God, killing himself to shed blood so that we can reconnect with him. To tell you how deep his love is for you and for me. So we look at Job. That Satan could not touch. They asked, where are you coming from, Satan? He said, I'm going to and fro. What does the Bible say? Satan is the accuser of the word, the brethren. He's in the brethren. So whether a man does wrong. In, let's look at the physical. I always tell people that what we see here is a replica of what, it was, what happens in the realm of the spirit. If a man kills another man, which is one of the great sin, I mean one of the great offenses in, in this world, 
The man cannot go to jail unless there is a judge that judges the matter. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Nothing happens to the man. They can love the man up, but he has to go to trial. Are you following what I'm trying to say? It is, do you understand what I'm coming from? There's a bit, the man will sit down in his house until he's been tried. Until there is a judgment. Guess what? There is no jail. That's how the earthly world works. So it's the same thing. Whether you've done wrong or you've done, done right, the whole point is that Satan cannot touch you. Nothing evil can come to you. He has to go back to your father, our father, to take permission before anything can happen. So we should not worry. That means anything that's happened to God is in control. So why are we so bothered? The Bible says even the birds of the earth, they don't think of what to eat. They don't worry themselves that God feeds them, clothes them. Even the fields, the things on the field, God watches over them. And how much you, how much me. So why do we worry ourselves? What we are going to eat? What's going to happen tomorrow? We're going to pay the next bill. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do this thing now? I don't even know. And we are thinking it, thinking it. And yeah, the Bible is making us, God is making us to understand that He is in control. It's just a matter of understanding and knowing and believing. We know, but somehow we don't, it has not, as I said earlier, it has not come into the heart. Because if we understand who God is, He, he says, you know, He honors in, in Isaiah 55, verse 11, He says, He honors His word. Amen. He says, his word will not return to him void. That means God is not a liar. So if it's not happening, that means it is us that are to, at fault. We've worried ourselves. Are you following me trying to say we have worried ourselves? I'll give you an example. I was, a couple of years ago, I wanted the Apple AirPod came out, right? The AirPod came out. And I was like, oh, I want to buy. I would like to just buy. But at that time, I was like, oh, it's not a priority in my life. But I will like this. Just makes life easy. I looked at it then. It was about $100, maybe plus tax. At least you pay $170 or so for it. I'm like, ah. I said, my temp, if I buy this, my wife will tell me, is that a priority? And I tell my wife, you know. Hmm. I say yes. But what a long story short. But... I didn't worry myself. I, I, know, I didn't have the money for it at that time. Even I'm trying to say. So I didn't bother myself. And I was in the state this time around. And somebody just came. I had a airport. I went cycling. I was using my wire, this thing. I have a cordless beat uh, headphone, but I don't like it because kind of it, it blocks the sound from outside. Or you don't know what is going on. And I didn't want to just ridiculous riding bicycle on the streets and you know and this man just thinks ah do you want do you want an airport yeah. I said oh yes this is only you know yes just asked out of the blue and it wasn't just that he just asked out of the blue he said do you want the one I have no matter naturally you should say ah, I should take the one you have I said no I don't want the one you have he said okay don't worry and that was it this is how God works and he said, oh, when you're traveling, we'll, we'll buy it on the way. So we're going. He said, oh, we'll just buy one for Piola as well, my wife. I said, eh. I said, good. 
we go to Apple store. And they brought it out. And whilst the woman brought the two, they said $159 each plus tax. Two. They said, ah, it's $159. He said, ah, I thought it was $59. But I have committed myself and I paid for the two. Wow. Are you going to, to say? Sometimes, what I'm trying to say is, God makes provision. The man thought it was 59 or 50. Whereas it was, is it six times that amount for both? But because he had made that, because I just believe that God has put it in his heart to do. So why am I budging myself? What are we eating? The whole thing about the man is that we want to naturally dictate to God because I want it now. Time is going. That's why we worry ourselves. Are you going to say that is why we worry ourselves because we want it now. We want to be in control of situation and circumstances. And God is saying, no, I am in control. Psalm 23, I am your shepherd. You shall not want. Now, you know, the sheep does not tell the shepherd how. The shepherd is the one that leads the sheep out to eat when he knows the sheep needs to feed. No. When the sheep need to come into the house, into the barns to be safe. But when the sheep start to take them to the shepherd, then there's an issue. And sometimes that is how we human beings are. Because that word has not come into the heart. It's still in the mind. Man always wants to be in control. Man does not find it difficult to subject themselves to God. But God can only take charge when we now surrender and fall under his own leadership. So he says, he honors his word above his name. He says his word will not return to him void. Jesus even said that in John 16, 33, he says, don't worry yourself, I have overcome the world. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, why am I fretting? This is what his word says, and that is the reality and the truth of his word. So why am I so concerned when he is in control? I'll give you another example of myself recently. How the devil tries to use it, play mind game with us. Because once we understand, once we believe the word of God, it doesn't matter the mind game the enemy comes. We know the truth and we stick with the truth. I said, God, deliver me. I, I made a commitment. I said I wanted to read a certain amount of chapters in a certain day. But somehow I was just feeling, I won't say down. I was just had a very busy day or so. I just, I just wanted to chill. I don't know if I'm able to read right now. So I went and I just, let me just watch a particular TV series. And uh, it was to do with Hyperdrive in Netflix. And I like hers. And I watched one. I said, oh, this is too good. I watched two. <laughs> so I know I watched three. <laughs> ah, I said, God. I don't know to do this, you know, this is two hours of my time wasted. I started feeling guilty. I started feeling guilty. But like the guilt just came up that when you made this commitment. And but in my understanding, because I said, wait a minute, why am I feeling this guilt? Why am I consuming myself in this guilt? In the past, I will soak myself in the guilt and sleep in the guilt. And we have to go for mercy. I said with my mind, ah, but this message. Everything comes from God. I don't, why am I feeling guilty? I just go back to my father. Oh God, I know I've messed up, but no. I just want your presence to come. And immediately in the room, everything does change. The guilt just 
Because the enemy comes and plays mind games with us. Just understand that he only is the accuser of the brethren. Nothing happens to us. He takes permission. So if anything is happening to us, we have no business dealing with him. All we have to do is concern ourselves and bring back to our father to say, I've heard, Lord, make it right. It's an understanding. That's why the Bible says, my people, they perish for lack of knowledge, lack of understanding. And God wants to deliver. That's why in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, they that know they are God. It says they shall be strong. Daniel 32, 11, 32, and do great exploits. It says, not that you know. It's one thing to know. But once it has translated into you had an understanding comes, it says it makes you strong. And once you are strong, your feet is solid, taking foundation. It says the next thing is you exploit. You do great exploits. That's what the scripture says. But it comes with that word coming to our hearts and transforming our hearts by the grace of God. Amen. Without that, we will keep acting like a yo-yo, bouncing to and fro, not understanding. Because the truth is that God will not leave us comfortless. God will not leave us in the dry. The Bible even says that, you know, that we will go through the water, but it will not swallow us. We will go through the fire, but the fire will not burn us. So it doesn't mean that you are going through the challenges. What God is telling you that that challenge will not overcome you. Because I have overcome. Even though it seems that there is fire, I am with you. Just understand that I am there with you. Don't think of how you're going to take matter into your own hands and bring yourself out of that issue. Just like Abraham did. When God promised him a promised child. And they waited so long and the wife said that, ah, man, you're really advanced in age. Why don't you take this girl, Ega, and help yourself? Help me. And today we see the issues in the world. Are you going to remember to say, because man, but the word of God, it did still not come to pass. He did. It did. So that you need to understand why did God have to take Abraham back to the, to the sea. Because Abraham, the word never entered his heart. He understood the promise of God. He, he, he accepted the promise of God with the mind. But it did not captivate his heart. That's why God has to tell him, look at the stars. You know, sometimes they say sin is believing. Now, if you can count the star, that's how your children will be. If you can count the sun on the seashore, that's how your children will be. That is when that thing that God said captivated the hearts. And the Bible says, Abraham, because of that, when he captivated Abraham, God called him the father of faith. Just that, that activity. Because now, Rema came, understanding came, and he believed. He knew. So the question is, how come he, at that point he believed? If he had believed like that, perhaps he would not have tried to help God. And sometimes that's where most of us naturally find ourselves. I was walking recently, you know. The question I ask ourselves is that why is it that now we find it hard to witness to people on the streets? I'm not saying everybody goes to and witness. But we, we find it uncomfortable with us to talk about our faith sometimes, just naturally. Just the way we talk to our friends and happy. So that it takes us to meet somebody to naturally open up. Why do we have to wait to that point? Most times we are facing disappointment. Why is it that you find it hard to just pray for the sick? Someone that you don't want to know. Why? 
Because we are so concerned of rejection from what if God doesn't do it? Are you trying to say? You understand? If it doesn't happen, I, I it's a disappointment to me. But who is doing the healing? Am I the one? It's God. If God doesn't heal, yeah. and if He heals, who takes the glory? You see. First of all, when I look at it, it's as if natural in our hearts. That's why the flesh works, and we need to set it within ourselves. That most times we don't do it because when we think of the disappointment, we're not thinking of the disappointment of the Father, we're thinking of disappointment on me. Are you know what I'm trying to say? I want us to do it deep, it's so searching. The disappointment is not God not doing this or God doing it, it's me. That is why we don't go out sometimes or want to take the boldness of faith to do certain things because if it doesn't happen, it is on me, not the Father. So we see that we need God to help us because of the flesh. But when understanding comes that it's not about me, it's about the Father, then we can easily go and do it because we know it is not on me. It's the Father's doing. I'm just a vessel. Are you following what I'm trying to say? The tap that the water runs through, it doesn't concern the tap. The tap is just the vessel. The water comes through the tap. That's all. You get your water. The water doesn't come through the tap. Is it the tap's fault? No. It's not the tap's fault. <laughs> you think of the source where the water is coming from, from the wherever it's coming from, from the river or wherever. That is where the issue is. It's not the tap. The tap is just only the vessel. And that's who we are. The vessel. So it goes back to an understanding that the word goes in us. Just to, just to buttress what I was saying. You know, when Satan now went back to, 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 uh, uh, to God, you know, when he saw that he did not prevail, the Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, he said, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Now skin for skin. And all that a man has, he will give for his life. He said, But stretch out your hand and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And Satan said, and the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only what spare is life. That he is in your hand. All you can do, you can touch his skin. You can hurt him, but he's not going to die. And Satan could not walk beyond those. I mean, he could not go beyond those boundaries. He only walked within the limitation the Father had allowed him to walk. So whatever is happening within us, the Bible says, He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. That means there's a limitation. Are you going to say there is a limitation? But as I try to bring the words to the world to a close because of time, if you look at what Job said, you know, and I was so amazed what Job did. You know, in Job chapter 13, when all of his friends were talking and talking and accusing him or just abusing him, in Job chapter 13, verse 20, 24, the word of God says, this is what Job, Job understood. Job never, if you read the account of Job, he didn't go back and be complaining to the enemy. Why did he lie? You know, he was dealing directly with God. That's why the friends could find it a bit difficult that, ah, you know, no man is beyond sin. Why are you talking like this? Why are you arrogant? He understood that it's between me and my father. When Job goes back to God, now in Job 13, he says, Oh God, grant me these two things. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And then I will be able to face you. He's talking to God. 
He said, remove your heavy hand. He didn't say, ah, God, remove your heavy hand from me. Because everything that's happened, he knows that it was it's in the power of God. He says, and don't terrify me with, us, with, with, with your awesome presence. Now summon me and I will answer. Oh, let me speak to you and you reply. Tell me what I have done wrong. Show me my rebellion and my sin. Why do you turn away from me? Why do you treat me as your enemy? He was relating with his father. So when we're going through challenges, we think it's tough. Really, don't bother yourself that whether it's somebody that did this. The Bible says, a cause without a cause shall not alight. It says, no weapon from the passion against you shall prosper. If you truly believe that entire you say, it doesn't matter. Are you what I'm trying to say? There's a man of God once. He, he was blind down to pray. Then uh, somebody wanted to come and put uh, jars on his head as he was praying, you know. And he didn't know. And the person came. As the person came, the one who put jars on his head, the power of God, he didn't know what he was doing, flung him away. He didn't concern himself. He's coming to me. He focused. There's a great man of God. I think he was at Bishop Dowser. But then the great man of God. They said he was praying in the woods. In the middle of the night. And he lay down flat. And he was praying. He wasn't thinking about snake. Thinking, I, when I think about this, I don't like the dark. I don't like bushes and this thing. I'll be concerned about animals. Is there God there? But he was so concerned. He didn't care about what was going on. The story was, he pointed to point that a python went, climbed him, went, and just by the python, by the python getting the other side, it dried up. Completely, literally dried up. He didn't concern himself. There's another story. The guy was sleeping in the room. Then the enemy came, shook the room, shook everything. Demons actually physically carried the bed to shake him, to put him. Because the Bible says that God has not given the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So whenever the enemy wants to come, he comes in through fear. But our confidence always is in Christ. Yeah. And the man, imagine you sleeping. Everywhere mm. in the room. Ah, first thing, ah! Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Imagine you not carry your bed on your room. Imagine, like, you carry your bed. Just carry it. Come to the living room. Put it there. I remember people jump. Hey, hey, ah! You know? Ah, but the guy is. He understood who his God is. He laughed. He said, that all? The people, he now told them that the way you carried me from from here, from, from my room here, now, Jesus, take me back. They carried him back. And they went. How many of us, naturally, we just say, at least thank God, you have gone. I will take the word has entered him and it has transformed him. And that word too has to come in us. Recently, you know, I was in the state and I was wondering that, ah, the power, the power of healing. So the whole point is I was given the opportunity to pray, to minister to people there. And initially I was battling with the thought of, okay, all the people that are coming, someone lost his child. I mean, different stories came. I interviewed them and we prayed together. And in my mind, just as I said, Ah, God, if you don't do this, so ah, it will be too many nice, so too many nice, so 
God does do it. It's me. Not God now. Do you understand? And until God took me through this and I got to understand. Then I now started going through my own one second. And I'm not sure going through my own. A few days ago, I twisted my knee. And I was like, okay. And I was walking, I was really paining. It was really paining me. And I now laid my own hands on my knee. said, start. And I said, God, heal. And I looked at it. Okay, God, you're not the one. I'm not the one healing myself. I know you said, I'll lay hands upon the sick. I laid my own hands. You are the one doing the healing. And I took my mind off because now the Bible talks about believing. It's the faith without what is dead. Meaning, works means you do the actual work. So as I was working, I took my mind off the pain. That God, I believe you have healed me. It's not me healing myself. I carry on with my prayer work. And between a few minutes, I didn't realize the pain. And I walked for about 12 kilometers back. It's not me, but it's God. Yes. Um, I want to ask a question about the relationship between the devil and God. Yes. Um, does God use the devil to test us? Um, um, since he has the power to, to like end the devil, um, why does he like? Why does he still like? Since the, both of them are like uh, next to each other, and um, the devil wants to get as much. Souls to help, and God wants to get a new soul to heaven as well. So, I don't really get the relationship between the devil and God. Okay. Should I answer that or someone? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm? You have the same question. You have the same question. Put it this way God has made us out because of time. Sorry, we'll just finish in less than five. Apologies. If you look at the relationship, with, you're talking about that relationship. In a nutshell, God has made us in his, in his, in his, in his image. In God's own image. Good, fantastic. Now, if God were to dictate to us, to command us to do what he wants us to do, is that his image? Because his image, it means that he chooses to do what he wants to do. Not that he is forced to do. So if we are a replica of God, God has given us the choice to choose good or evil is in our power. If not, we'll be like angels. Because angels, they are servants. They do as God commands them. They don't have a choice, a decision to make. They take instruction and they do. If not, we'll be like that. But God has made us in his own image. That means we have choices to choose. So because of that choice, God wants you personally to choose him, not to force you to choose I even going to, to choose him. So in natural sense, Satan is that vessel that helps you to know whether you've actually chosen God or not. Do you understand? Because he wants you to submit, but not by force. It's a choice. If not, then we are more or less at his command. Are you even trying to say you get that? So, and again, the, on the end side of it is in heaven. Will there be sinners? No. Good. If you cannot submit to God today, here on earth, what makes you feel you are going to submit to God in heaven? Because in heaven, it's only the purest of pure that is there. There are no mistakes in heaven. So this earth is a battle place where to know who is actually to be there so that there are no errors in heaven. You understand? So God wants us to give Take our own will and give it to him. He doesn't want to force us. 
So the enemy is there to help us to know where we are today. It's like an exam. Why do you do tests? They've told you, you've read, your teachers have taught you. But the way they know whether you are worthy to be in the next stage in class is they will give you an exam. And if you do well, what happens? You progress. If you don't, the person stays behind. I even what I'm trying to say. So look at that. I hope that helped. I hope that helped you. Amen. So, as a roundup here, we talked about Job taking everything back to God. As a roundup, a roundup is Psalm 49, verse 20. The Bible says in Psalm 49, verse 20, it says, A man who is in honor, yet does not understand. It's like the beast that perish. So we should understand that we're in a position of honor. We should understand that our Father loves us. We should understand that no evil can be for us. Nothing can. No weapon formed of passion against us shall ever prosper. That means God is in control. I want us to live here without understanding. It doesn't matter whether you have heard. It doesn't matter what mistake you have made. Everything goes back to God. The Bible says, both evil and good, God created them both. Now, if I'm trying to say, so God is the source of everything. And we belong to the source. And we are connected to the source. So I just want us to understand that. So we believe not just in our mind. We believe in our hearts. Something just came to mind. And let me just take you quickly to um, what the, 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 the scripture talks about. Um, about about believing in the book of um, I believe Romans chapter I think verse chapter ten verse ten I'll read Romans ten by chapter ten verse ten it says then they know the truth in the mind this is what Christ I mean Paul was saying Romans ten ten it says they know the truth in the mind you see we know the truth in the mind but the truth has not entered their hearts. This is Paul speaking. They know the truth in their mind, but the truth has not entered their hearts. Because when the truth enters their heart, it will transform their minds and bring revelation, and for me, an root which brings inner conviction of the truth. So the truth must enter. That's why sometimes when the Bible talks in Ezekiel that I'll give them a new heart, that no one will teach them my word. That's what the Bible says in Ezekiel. I think Ezekiel 37. It says, because I'll put a new spirit within them. I'll give them a new heart. That means a heart that now believes. It's not a mind that knows, but a heart that now believes. So I'll give them. So when they now have that, no one needs to tell them what is right and what is wrong because they have my heart and they understand me. So for me, in the last few days, all I've been praying to the Lord, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost Spirit in my heart. I've been crying to God. God, does take away my own heart. Come and give me yours. I, that fresh new heart is what I want. Because I want to be everything you call me to be. So I'll just tell us about our heads because time is far gone. And just take ourselves before God. And just...